Time to abandon ship. Can I persuade you to join us for a drink? It's a tradition. Here, here. Jar Jar, call me. My main man, quickly. Before the Separatists attack, get into the escape pod. Hey! This is escape, and we're the pod. Get the Welcome back, everybody, to Star Wars Escape Pod and the last episode of Clone Wars Talk, our series all about the Clone Wars in chronological order. We have none other than Diego, our co-host on the show, coming back one last time for the Clone Wars Talk series, as am I. Uh, this is the end of that sub-series, and uh, we go over the last four episodes of this amazing show. Uh, it's been quite the ride. So prepare yourselves. Old friends not forgotten. The Phantom Apprentice, Shattered, and Victory and Death. Not to mention Revenge of the Sith, our favorite Star Wars movie. Between Diego and I, we're going to be talking about all of it. That's one of my favorite lines in the entire Clone Wars in its entirety. And I'll tell you why. Ahsoka Tano survived the Clone Wars. She survived the Purge. And quite frankly, she's 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 one of the few. I think if she was anyone else's Padawan, she might not have made it. And simply how Anakin says it. You never would have made it as Obi-Wan's Padawan, but you might make it as mine. I mean, look what happened to Obi-Wan's Padawan. That's Anakin Skywalker, and he turned to the dark side. A tragic thing happened to him, and, and Ahsoka was not his Padawan. Ahsoka wasn't, wasn't failed the same way Anakin was. She survived because Anakin was her master and nobody else. That's why I love that line so much. So tell me, Diego, welcome back. Tell me what you think about these. To be back, thank you. What do you think about these episodes here? Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. When I first started the show, having only watched the movies, I thought to myself, I don't know, I don't really know how it's going to go through. You know, I don't, I don't know what to expect. I mean, it's, it's Star Wars and I like Star Wars. I love Star Wars, but it's, it's, is it going to, be worth it to me as a show 
like in a show format. But after watching it, it's it's I can't uh, like certainly Revenge of the Sith is completely changed from now on for uh, for me because I used to be able to do marathons of you know Star Wars. I I could pump through all of them in in a day or two, right, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But now it's like that will take months and months and months because of this show. <laughs> but that's not necessarily a bad thing because the show is awesome and I would recommend it. And I thought you know, kind of looking back now, there were a lot of things that I thought, you know, how are they going to answer this? Like, how how are they going to answer, you know, the clo- like, for example, the clones turning at the, the snap of a finger with just hearing a phrase, execute Order 66. How are they going to change and go from, you know, these great comrades that the Jedi have fought alongside for at least three years or so, and and it's they've been in so many battles, like, how are they going to betray them and all this sort of thing? Um, so, a lot of the questions, practically every big, like, what if, like, why kind of question I had has been answered by the show and, and, and a little bit more that I wasn't expecting. So that's, that's really nice to know. So it really completes like, like that. What I think the, the, the slogan back when, when the movie came out, it was the saga is complete. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, that's right. so now I can officially say the saga is well, we still have to do rebels. There's still there's still things like after the fact that have to be you know kind of yeah. answered. But as far as like the original six movies up until this point, before mm-hmm. the originals in in the timeline, the saga is complete. Yeah. Um, and you know, like like I said, episode three, we watched it with kind of you know starting off with the show with the last arc. Of course, you watch a bit of the first episode, then you watch the movie up until a certain point. Uh, then you watch a bit more of the show and, and, you know, it just alternates like that. And it's, it's an interesting way to watch it, but I don't think I could see the movie any other way from now on. Cause it's kind of like, it, it's kind of what they do with the intertwining of the movie and the show is they put a lot of stuff that's kind of happening at the same time or, you know, whilst, whilst Obi-Wan and Grievous are doing, their battle, this is going on, that sort of thing. Like there's, there's moments that, of course, they didn't have time to put in the movie because it would be a, <laughs> it'd be a four or five hour movie, right? I would totally mm-hmm. watch it, but no one, probably not a lot of people would. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, it was it was well done, and and I remember telling you like uh, the ending, I wasn't like the the happiest with. Um, just kind of, it's kind of like it feels a little empty, but to a certain degree it i think it's supposed to because it's like what are we left with you know practically every jedi as long you know other than obi-wan ahsoka uh yoda uh and and perhaps very very few like odds and ends that people that may be out there if they weren't killed off already Mm -hmm. they might be alive kind of thing so um you know like there is no more. We're in times of the Galactic Empire, and it's uh, it's, it's back the dark to, times now. It's the dark times, and it's back yeah. to you know uh, George Lucas's original idea. Yeah. Um, but I, I gotta say, overall, like this show is very well done. I would recommend it to anyone. Watch it in the way it's supposed to be watched, because then it, it just makes more sense, and a lot of big questions are answered. And uh, I mean, yeah, that's all I. That's all I can say. I mean, it's 
it's awesome. It was, it was mm-hmm. great. I really enjoyed it. And I think it adds, I mean, to, to go back to the character of Ahsoka, like you, um, started off, I mean, like most people, uh, having disliked the character quite a bit in the beginning I hated her. and, and now, yeah. And, and now it's a completely different story. Like, you know, you're left wondering like what's next for this character that I've just come to care about so much. Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. and also, I mean, this show is like, I think it's like the way that you put it too. like when, when the revenge of the Sith first came out, um, I, I do remember all that promotional material. This is like the circle is now complete or the saga is complete. Uh, and this show was the next extension of George's arm in the story of, of Star Wars, right? And, and this began in pre-production uh, not only like a year after Revenge of the Sith had come out. And then a couple of years later, we had the animated theatrical release of the movie and then the show uh, year after year until it was canceled by Disney. And then the finale came out years later and we've had the, the, the adapted story arcs and stuff. And, you know, and I would love to see those unadapted stories uh, that we didn't get arcs for adapted into something just so we knew what happened. But I mean, at least we got 85% of the show, you know, like, and we got the finale, at least we got the ending. Uh, and I think I, I like I am honestly convinced since Disney has had the license to Luke's film, I'm convinced that this entire arc, like this last season of the Clone Wars, has been the most meaningful to him to honor his legacy. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty safe to say, and uh, and and just paying so much tribute to those characters that he made uh, and uh, cared about for many years and invested his life into these characters, right? Uh, so it, it honestly pays so much tribute to that. Uh, but you know, the, this, this last, uh, th- this entire show, like the Clone Wars, it, it means a lot to the character of Anakin Skywalker too, because I mean, you and I both remember a lot of the criticism that the prequels have had. And, uh, part of that criticism is that Anakin's switch to the dark side is just so sudden and just so quick. But I think when you add in the Clone Wars, it just doesn't happen like that, you know. Like you, you, there's so much more to it other than just the pending loss of his of his wife, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's so much more behind the pain and suffering that he has, that he's going through, and that he's dealing with. That really adds to uh, that moment that he kind of the, it is the last straw sort of thing. Like mm-hmm. the Padme death thing now is like the last straw. That's it, and. Uh, now that you have the full picture of that, is that, would you say that's fair to say? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think like, let's just go back to 2005 for a second and just, you know, you're fresh out of the theater. You just watched it. You're like, wow, that, that was awesome. Like those lightsaber fights, like the, the story saga is now complete, you know, Padme's dead. He turned to the dark side, this, that, and the other thing. It's awesome. And you said something very interesting that, that it kind of felt like why some people criticize it so much. Uh, and I think some people still do, but, uh, I'll, I'll tell you quite honestly, like I have like me personally, I have never been one to hate the prequels because quite frankly that is that is like i grew up with with you know the original star wars as well don't get me wrong uh like 
I, from what I can recall, I remember watching the original, the originals first, and then watching the prequels. But however, the difference is, is that yeah, I watched them on on DVD or VHS or, or back then the originals, right? But I went to the movies to see episode three. You know, mm-hmm. I we watched episode two and one like together, that sort of thing. Um, so that that is something that's uh, it, it's the same. Like the, the people who say, "Oh, I, I grew up with the originals." Like, yeah, that's awesome. I did too. But I the prequels came out like live. I didn't have three movies to 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 kind of like to kind of like kind of go see and and you know I, you know what I'm saying. Like mm-hmm. I yeah, yeah. I watched them in in my youth kind of thing whereas they watch them in their youth so i i think it's kind of like you it's do a generational it thing it's a generational thing and I, I mean at the end of the day you're gonna like and 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 hate what you like that's all fine i, I really don't care about that but uh i mean all i can say is like give it a shot because i mean this movie is awesome as it is just bare bones stock no no clone wars you know to even think about it you know side side by side but watching this show and seeing these in uh <laughs> frankly so many events leading up to this leading up to why anakin gets so pissed off with the with the council why he 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 his emotions and his anger come out more and more and more as the seasons progress mm-hmm. the show why you see all this stuff is now justified uh, from watching yeah. from watching the show, and it makes episode three make a lot more sense in my eyes because because it, that's exactly it. Mm-hmm. When when Attack of the Clones came out in episode two, he gets his arm cut off. Yoda fights Dooku. He gets married. End of the movie. War started, and then two thousand five, three years later, come down the line. I'm going to the movie theater. Go to watch it. And it's like, a, you know, we have a battle scene. Palpatine is kidnapped. It's like, oh, why does this happen? Why does this happen? Why does this happen? And that, there's a lot of why does this happens? And they weren't really, like, justified throughout the time and the years. that Yeah, it was, like, it was almost like there was an episode missing between the two episodes. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, like, these, these years between episode two and three are crucial. So like, crucial, they, yeah. So they're crucial. so They're so crucial because, I mean... The Clone War is the start, and 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 you know it, it. It's what leads up to Anakin becoming Darth Vader. It's what leads mm-hmm. up to Luke totally. Skywalker, uh, you know, learning the ways of the Force. It what it's what leads up to the prequels and and or, yeah, the originals. Or, no, yeah, the, the originals. Sorry, sorry. Um, yeah, it's what leads up to all this sort of stuff. So mm-hmm. I mean, in my eyes, you have to watch it at least once. Uh, I will watch the show in its entirety the same way I watched it again, but uh, it's not going to be for a while. Like, um, but I mean, it, this show is it, it, it. Put it this way: it takes a crucial time period and makes what's already a good movie as it is, and just enhances it and makes it feel more like ah, this makes more sense. I'm, I'm. I'm at ease with why Anakin does this. I'm at ease at, at, at why this sort of thing happens. Like it mm-hmm. just, it just flows together. Yeah. Um, you know, but I think, uh, yeah. 
I think, it, uh, yeah, I think it, that's exactly kind of what I would say about it. And that even, even though Revenge of the Sith is uh, already an amazing movie, a great, like a, it's a, it's a great movie uh, just as it is. And, and for many, many years, I think you and I both were like very happy with, with just that movie. Right. And like, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people are. Um, but then when you add in the added element of the Clone Wars, it just adds so much more depth to that movie. That's already a great movie. And it makes it even a better movie. And it makes the prequels yeah. an even better trilogy. Yeah. And it makes the story of George Lucas even a better story. And it makes yeah. the villains better villains and the heroes better heroes. And like it just everything, it just gives us so much more depth to everything, right? And all the painful moments that Anakin has had to deal with that let, lead up to his betrayal of the Jedi just make so much more sense now there's there's so much more behind it and uh i'll just play a few little clips here of some of those moments i mean there's way too many through the clone wars to actually piece together but uh here's some some big ones that stick out to me when i think about it Does it hard to tell you? I hope so. Yes. I guess. Then we will see each other again. I will come back and free you, Mom. I promise. They're dead. Every single one of them. And not just the men, but the women and the children, too. They're like animals, and I slaughtered them like animals. I hate them. The council didn't trust me. So how can I trust myself? What about me? I believed in you. I stood by you. I know you believe in me, Anakin. And I'm grateful for that. But this isn't about you. I can't stay here any longer. Not now. The Jedi Order is your life. You can't just throw it away like this. Ahsoka, you are making a mistake. Maybe. But I have to sort this out on my own. Without the Council. And without you. I understand. More than you realize, I understand 
wanting to walk away from the Order. I know. You were the chosen one! It was said that you would destroy this sin, not join them! Bring balance to the Force, not leave it in darkness! There's something very poetic about this little boy who has this massive prophecy behind him and this the weight of the universe like on his shoulders and being taken in by this father figure that he never had, being Qui-Gon Jinn, losing that father figure to an enemy who he didn't understand and getting a reluctant master who didn't want him. And then having this guy you know, come in this twisted kind of snake tongue, older man, you know, start warping your mind years and years later after, after all this Jedi training, Jedi training that, that now he might be regretting because he had to lose his mother. He had to walk away from the only person that ever truly loved him in his life to give up that for a life that is supposed to be uh, seclusive of that, right? Like you're not supposed to love in the Jedi Order, you're supposed to be compassionate, but you're not supposed to love. Uh, so he lo so he loses essentially that connection to the only person that ever really loved him, which is his mother. And then she dies. And then he falls in love and he's not supposed to have that either. And then he gets an apprentice that he's too afraid to lose. And then she walks away from the Order, right? And, and she has to make that tough decision to leave because she has to sort her things out on her own and she knows about the hypocrisy in the Jedi Order. And he knows exactly why, you know, she, he says, like, believe it or not, like, I understand wanting to walk away from the Order, but he doesn't because it's the only life he's got. And then everything that transpires after that with, with Padme and, and her pending death and and all the minor events that go on between in all the little episodes you know that we that it came up in um and then it's the final straw that really kind of cracks him down and and he has to he just gives it up he gives up he's he's done with with bending over backwards for a jedi council that he feels doesn't even trust him anymore and all the things he does has been uh, evidence that he is with them, but they're the ones that have the problem, right? And he's just he's just been cast aside so many times and and neglected in the way that Anakin is the perfect example of somebody who deserved so much better from the people around him in his life and didn't get it. And he's the result of that failure. He's the result of 
of Yoda's failure, of Mace's failure, even of Obi-Wan's failure. And that's what Obi-Wan says when he's fighting them on Mustafar. I have failed you, Anakin. I have failed you. And I love the way that this whole thing ends, right? Like, and it's so incredibly poetic, this whole story. Um, but, you know, it, and it just like the show adds so much more to that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, and that's a, that's a solid point. I mean, this, this, uh, <laughs> this, this show and this movie, um, they, they just make the story like have so much more umph to it. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it has so much more uh, that you can kind of take away from it. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's, it, you know, it is, it is just, you know, a story and it is yeah. just a movie and, and stuff, but I mean, it's a pretty damn good one, uh, but <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just a, uh, it's just a nice way uh, of finishing off the the story. I mean, there's so much highs and lows and emotions, and and it's just uh, it's just great. Yeah. And, I mean, to anyone who hasn't seen the 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 Clone Wars show in its entirety, um, mm-hmm. you know, I can comfortably say, give it a shot. You don't even yeah. have to. You don't even have to. You know, watch it over and over and over again if you don't want to. I mean, just just watch it once, and then watch Revenge of the Sith tied in with the last arc of the show on season seven, and tell me that that doesn't. Do it. Yeah. yeah, and tell me that that doesn't complete the story in such a nice way. You know, like yeah, um, yeah. yeah, and you know, like when it comes down to uh, um, when it comes down to the story of of. Anakin Skywalker, I've heard a lot of people say to me before, oh, he's not a relatable character. It's the biggest lie I've ever heard. Like after all those things, you know, like tell me somebody in this in this world that hasn't gone through something he's gone through, right? Like this guy has gone through everything. Like he's he's gone through every single possible like form of, of pain and suffering that any person will go through. Loss, fear, you know, like the uh, having lost somebody to to just death, like somebody who's he's very much cared about his mother, his wife, like just everything. It, even even his uh, even Ahsoka's departure from the order is very similar to what somebody might go through as a breakup. Right. You know, they're they're feeling loss of somebody who has to go their own way in life and like lots of friendship, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Loss yeah. of friendship. It totally like it's it's mm-hmm. it's such a relatable thing. And and I've never understood when when anybody has ever said to me like oh anakin he's just this wooden like character that that i can't relate myself to it's like no 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 just dig deeper like you will find lots to relate to like you know like i I mean quite frankly i think he's got more that you can relate to than than characters that uh have been praised for being relatable like like uh like like Kylo Ren, for example, I've, I've heard the argument that he's quite a relatable character. It's like, well, maybe he's got a little bit about him that is. But I mean, this is Anakin's story. Like, this is the Skywalker saga. Like, he's got more about him that's relatable than I think arguably any other character in the whole saga. Um, yeah. And uh, anyway, let's let's get into unpacking this first episode. We start off with old friends not forgotten. Mm hmm. Uh, and there's no cookies for these. These are just part one through four of the finale. It's the final Clone Wars movie split up over four parts. 
uh, and we kind of intertwined it with Revenge of the Sith. We did it in chronological order, of course, cutting at the right moment, going back to the movie, all that. But uh, I don't know. I mean, let's uh, let's start with off, off with what you got. What, what do you got as far as as far as things you notice? Um, I I I guess the I, I've probably said this a lot, but one thing that kind of stood out to me with that first episode is uh you know anakin's war strategies they've always been you know out there and they've always been kind of um unorthodox if you will but mm-hmm. um as you see him progress through the show and especially in this first or in this arc it's i know it's right during the movie but it's it's so close to what you can imagine him doing in a live action film like yeah. it's just exactly what he would do you know uh argumentative uh to a degree and uh you know arrogant uh gets the point across does things his own way kind of thing but uh gets it gets the job done kind of thing um you know these are all things that you see him do in the movies um and i gotta give props to the the developers of this show because like i like i said to you like animated star wars i, I don't know but now watching yeah. it it's just like it, it was well done it was well mm-hmm. done you know it's just it sucks that we didn't have a live action film of it but i mean yeah, that would be multiple movies all probably being like 10 hours long so you know no one's no one's really going to take a whole week to just sit down and watch a watch a long 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 film right yeah but um but yeah i mean it was cool to see ahsoka and and anakin kind of finally meet via via hologram right mm-hmm. uh anakin's you know he's practically speechless um yeah you know he's he's He's, I remember that yeah, saying. He's taken, taken aback. He's like, didn't expect her to show up. And... Exactly. Like, how are you? You know, and, and that sort of thing. Um, but, you know, she's, she kind of, she very much, what I noticed is throughout this entire arc, it doesn't really matter the character she was talking to. She was very, I'm not sure if neutral is, is, is quite the right word. Like she, perhaps it is uh maybe but like very very able to see why she left but also to see that not everything that the jedi did or have taught her was wrong you know what i mean yeah. like there was some good that came from her teachings and out yeah. of everything she learned uh, totally. she was just kind of her situation was like a classic example of you know wrong place wrong time and yeah, I think, you know, I think when it comes down to like the, the end result, I mean, it, it, this leads up to the finale too, and just kind of what she does with her actions, but she is the prime example of what a Jedi should be. Yeah. And, and, and like, just plain and simple, like, like she's just a perfect Jedi and like this, like she's the, what, what they all should be like. And, you know, the, the, the way that we see her in, in this, in this first episode in that hologram uh, is uh, a... And Ahsoka, who has a handle on her emotions and how she reacts with her actions to those emotions. Yeah. I think it's a very, like, Qui-Gon Jinn mentality to have. Right. And, and like, for her age, she's very... She's got her... She's got a level head on her shoulders and she's she's planted firmly on the ground. Like, she's... 
she she's very good at distinguishing what's easy what's hard what's good what's bad what's the right thing to do just very like you said very well rounded because she had teachings from everyone Plo Koon, Yoda, Master Obi-Wan and of course Anakin she had so many influences that she was just able to take like the best of who she's been taught from and just mash that all into like one perfect yeah uh, combo and yeah she's she's just very a very wise character and and yeah i i really do like her um mm-hmm. yeah i hated her at first but she's, yeah <laughs> she, she turned on me it took time but but yeah totally. she's an awesome character i, I loved uh, that we start off with uh this very cocky anakin coming in to save the day because obi-wan can't finish his own battle kind of thing right it was very very typical. Uh, this is the Anakin we've come to know and love over the course of the show. Uh, and uh, this is also kind of the way Revenge of the Sith starts as well. Uh, just him saving the day and and saving Obi-Wan, rescuing him on his back. Just uh, this is where the fun begins, kind of Anakin Skywalker, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I think, you know, he he's uh, he's just this fun-loving brotherly character that, that we've kind of come to recognize, right? Uh, and when Ahsoka comes to the ship and, and he's, uh, he's very excited to see her, uh, I think he says to Obi-Wan something along the lines of how he thinks there might, that like now there's, he's trying to justify the reason for her leaving the order. So I think what he thinks is maybe that the force had a reason for her leaving. And because, you know, when she left, she said, like, I've got to sort this thing out on my own. And and she left and and i think he's been very hurt by that and now he's looking for reasons to perhaps make do of all that and and so but yeah when and then when she arrives she's very subdued and kind of taking the emotion out of it sort of thing and um but uh yeah that that moment where he takes ahsoka down and gives her that gift of half the 501st and her lightsabers back it's very an emotional moment uh and he says loyalty means everything to the clones which is a huge foreshadow moment because loyalty yeah it does mean everything to the clones and it's like well look what happened to them right like (laughs) ironically enough the most loyal people in the galaxy are the ones that are being you know raised to essentially slaughter their jedi friends so Mm -hmm. yeah I I kind of want to go back to Ahsoka for a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and again, with the clones. Um, I think that her welcome, because you know, like uh, Rex and, 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 and she gets half of the 501st to go catch them all and all this sort of thing. Um, she's welcomed back mm-hmm. with open arms. And that was so nice to see but at the same time you can't help but think i mean like man if they had any idea like what is to come like these these friends relationships that they've built with these clones over the past three years in this pointless war i mean it's all for nothing so like yeah it's it's it really is like it's a it's a sweet story i like it but it's so it's it's very sad in that in that sense um 
but I mean, I, I don't know what else to say, man. Like, it's just, it's, it's well done. And it's, it's what I like about it so much is every character that you kind of learn to, to, to like and stuff, they all have their own story. They all have their own purpose to the main story of, of the, you know, of what is, uh, the Skywalker saga, right? Yeah. Um, and the story of Star Wars. They all have their own purpose, and it's 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 nice it's nice to see that level of um uh uh what's what's the word I'm looking for being like, a, the... like being able to connect with that many characters mm-hmm. to see where they kind of play out in this big story, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's that's always been a big thing for me. Um, and I think uh, as far as Ahsoka's character goes, like her, her, the part that she plays in Anakin's life is huge. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Like it's a, it's a huge part of Anakin's life that, that uh, you get that window of when you watch the show and, and uh, this is the end, right? Like this is the last moment that she sees Anakin before he rushes off to save the chancellor. And, uh, I, I noticed that they drop in that little that uh, Shakti was sent to protect the Chancellor, like Obi Wan kind of mentions it up, and and I think I mentioned to you there's a deleted scene of Revenge of the Sith where where they had that execution in the hallway of the ship and and Shakti dies, mm-hmm. uh, but all that's been removed from the movie. But this scene also showed up in Yoda's vision when he was in the cave in Dagobah, mm-hmm. in the in the Yoda arc as well. So it essentially is confirmed. The fact that she does die, maybe in in uh, in that scene that that we don't see anymore. Um, but uh, yeah, um, I guess like the the last thing I kind of had, uh, well, two things. One of them being the fact that um, you know people have lost faith in the Jedi because the focus is no longer on the people. And it's something that Ahsoka makes very clear to Obi-Wan when, when he rushes in after having a discussion with, with her and Bo-Katan about going to save Mandalore. You know, he rushes in and go, it goes like, oh, the Chancellor's been kidnapped by Grievous. Like, we have to get back to Coruscant immediately. And, and, and Ahsoka's like, what about Mandalore? Like, we, like, these people need your help. And, you know, it's like, well, Republic's calling, gotta go. <laughs> and it's like, it's like, you know, there's, there's this... Um, there's this expectancy to kind of respond like puppy dogs, like for the Jedi when it comes down to the chancellor, the chancellor, the chancellor, that. And, and I think Ahsoka is the only one with a clear head of like where the, the real, uh, the real focus should be, you know, being like Jedi, being selfless and only thinking about others is exactly how Anakin puts it to, to plague or to Sidious in that mm-hmm. moment at the opera. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and yet this is exactly almost the opposite of of what we're seeing. Like we're seeing the Jedi being called home because one guy needs saving, and you know giving up a whole planet worth of people under the influence of Maul and you know his uh, group of Mandalorian terrorists essentially is like you know they're 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 ready to give up all of that just because the the Chancellor's needs help right yeah you gotta remember though with that like the jedi at at this point they've been blinded lied to neglected 
practically all of their teachings and their yeah. entire culture and their lifestyle and their philosophy, the way they do things, that's all out the window at this point. Like, yeah. you know, they're, they like, they do things and, and some of them still hold true to themselves and, and, but in doing so they kind of veer off. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, Anakin is a perfect example of that. Mace Windu goes to arrest the, the chancellor ready to kill him, ready to strike him down. And then, you know, Anakin cuts his arm off and, and all that sort of thing. Um, and there's so many examples of this it, it, throughout uh, the movies and, and the show. But I mean, the Clone War has taken such a big toll on everyone. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, how, how, how could, how could it not, um, you know, affect them? But I, you, you also have to remember a lot of it is heavily influenced practically. Well, everything actually is influenced by Palpatine. Uh, you know, he's the grand master behind all of this, but going back to how we're saying that Ahsoka is such a good character that she's all around, she's level headed and all that sort of thing. She's able to see through the BS because she had her break. She had yeah. her time to just kind of wind down and just kind of think about her life and like, yeah, what was the point of all of this? And I, I exactly. And I think yeah. this is where that arc that she spends with those two girls, which I think you and I both don't find the most entertaining arc, but but I think that's where this really comes into play is like she's had that time to experience what it's like to just help people, like not necessarily as a Jedi, but just as another person. Like, what is it to help somebody? And and was it was it what is it to be the best that you can be for that person in a time of need? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And that in itself was, I think, the biggest teaching moment for Ahsoka since uh since this war i mean she's picked up a lot of things you know combat skills and how to use a force and all that that's all great but just helping excuse me and and being able to help when someone's actually in need um that's a core value that by this point so many jedi have lost right yeah and everything is so political that priorities always change and always shift and like you said, at the whim of the of the uh, of the chancellor, they're there to bend over backwards. But mm-hmm. you know, there's so many things on the sidelines. Like, oh, Mandalore is getting torn apart right now, like literally torn apart. But mm-hmm. they're not there to help, or they're not going to go. They're they're going to go do what the chancellor wants, and it's 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 all part of the grand plan um of palpatine but um yeah because he's been grooming anakin all this time to be his future apprentice i think that's like the word that we've used before as well and it's the word that maul uses as well is the fact that anakin's been long groomed for the role of of being a sith apprentice Mm -hmm. however the jedi have also been groomed in a way that that twists the public opinion of them as well and the and their own way of doing things like like the palpatine has groomed the jedi just as much as he has anakin exactly <clears throat> so i mean there's there's faults a lot on both sides um but i mean this is this is obviously at a, at a you know the dark times where where the the jedi have lost their way so i mean they are not the same jedi um that that they think they are uh as you know, compared to 
let's say master yoda's master or the people who he grew up with and learned his mm. skills and 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 came. the high republic yeah the high it, republic era yeah exactly so it's 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 a totally different ball game i mean uh the sith are back you know the rule of two um and uh yeah i mean yeah the dark every, side has a hold yeah. exactly like everyone and everything has kind of gone out the window like uh, this war has uh affected too many people um but mm-hmm. yeah 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 uh maul's trap that he sets uh for kenobi and ends up getting ahsoka instead uh yeah. that's that's kind of how this episode ends he, he's he's expecting kenobi to show up on mandalore to liberate the people but he gets ahsoka yeah and and uh there's a bit of an exchange between them that happens and and um i think i really like the the moment that he kind of realizes Obi-Wan's not there and he's like, Oh, why did he send you? And then he goes on a crusade to try and find out more about Ahsoka Tano. So he's questioning all the clones that he captures uh, and then takes, takes Jesse, but which leads into the next episode. But I think that's kind of where we actually transition back to the movie, unless you had any more notes on this particular. Uh, <clears throat> no, that's, that's pretty much exactly what I wrote down. Yeah. That yeah. I have nothing else for that one. Yeah, so we head over to the movie, and obviously, Revenge of the Sith, starting off the way it does. Uh, and, uh, you know, <laughs> another little moment of Palpatine's grooming Anakin is the do it, you know, yeah. moment, like when he's got to uh, takes, takes Dooku's head off. But, um, yeah. Yeah. What'd you get for, did you get anything dur- during this moment of watching the film? Or, no, I mean, like, for. For the movie, like, there's a lot that I I I think is kind of like you've seen the movie. You should see, should have seen the movie by now. Like, uh, it's 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 uh you know I, I didn't write a whole lot, but there are certain things that uh we've heard before that I'd like to bring up. Um, you know, uh, when when Yoda is is kind of talking with uh with Anakin, uh one-on-one privately this mm-hmm. is a little you know fast forward in the movie a little bit yep, yep um yoda says to him you know train yourself to let go of what you fear to lose um and and with that little phrase i mean he didn't tell him you know like the dark side's a lie and he didn't spill the beans or anything like that he didn't go too deep into it but being blinded by so much anger and the fear of loss of padme and all this sort of thing he had all the answers. He had everything he needed to know right there. But again, like he's such, he's such a loving person and a good person. Um, he's so emotionally attached to things, which is not the Jedi mm-hmm. way and, and not what they're trained to do. Um, but as much as I like to think of Anakin as a Jedi, uh, he is, but in a lot of ways, like he's, he's kind of not. You know he's what different. I mean? He's different he's, than all the other Jedi. That's what I mean. Like he's he is a Jedi, but he's also very different. He's 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 a uh, one of a kind. Kinda. Yeah, he cares yeah. deeply about about uh, his his friends and um, the people mm-hmm. he cares about. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, like as far as the movie goes, like other than this, uh, they <laughs> there's a funny scene uh, a- after. Um, 
you know, Obi-Wan and Anakin, uh, they save the Chancellor. They arrive back on Coruscant after crashing that ship, well, half a ship. Um, and and they say, you know, Anakin says, oh, I saved you for the 10th time. And and <laughs> jokingly, Obi-Wan says the ninth time. That time on uh, Kato Nomodia didn't count. Uh, I, I mentioned this to you when we were watching it. Is that part of the missing arc or yeah. uh, something that we're missing from the show? Because I, I, I cannot recall that being in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cause there's a lot of times where we see him, you know, save, save his grill. Right. And that sort of thing. But yeah, I think, uh, yeah. I think this would naturally come out of those, those unproduced arcs that we don't have anything for. And, and we did, we did kind of cover the unproduced arcs at one point in Clone Wars talk. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's possible that that moment could have come out of that unproduced part of the show. So who's, who, I mean, who knows? Maybe at some point we'll get those arcs adapted into something. Mm-hmm. I know that later this month, there is a Clone Wars anthology book coming out with a bunch of short stories that take place during the Clone War. Um, and and I, I'm not entirely sure if it's new events or if it's a, a, a re-adjusted perspective on existing things that we've seen. Um, but either way, it should be cool to like poke through that and, and see maybe if there is something that covers some of the unproduced episodes. Uh, so, so that, that should be interesting, but yeah, I'm pretty sure that we, we might've seen this particular thing had we gotten the length of the full show. Mm-hmm. But, exactly. Um, uh-huh. You know, the council in the movie in this, in this chunk uh, is when the council puts Anakin in a mistrustful position again, uh, putting him in the position of having to spy on his friend, right? Like, like the chancellor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's just, again, one more thing to add on to the list of things that that they've wanted him to do that he hasn't wanted to do necessarily. Um, and uh, I think it's every time the Jedi try to point the blame or deceive somebody or whatever, it's things that they necessarily shouldn't do. Um, they tend to have it backfire on them quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, Quinlan Voss, perfect example, Dark Disciple. Um, they send a Jedi out to assassinate Dooku and it completely blows back up in their face. Um, Ahsoka, they uh, say at the beginning of the investigation of the bombing of the Jedi Temple that Ahsoka and Anakin would be free of of uh, ac- accusations because they weren't even there on the planet. But somehow, some way, they find a way to accuse Ahsoka of the bombing and look what happens there. She leaves the order you know, backfires, even though they invite her back in. Uh, and now Anakin, they've given him a job to spy on the Chancellor, who is a very dear, close friend of his, and he turns to the dark side. So there's all these all these times that the Jedi have just failed their own kind as much as the rest of the galaxy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's that's just in, uh, another thing to tick off on the, on the very long list now, uh, that that is what becomes part of the fact that why Anakin made the transition to the dark side, it becomes part of the fact of uh, what made him go to those lengths. Why did he turn so quick? There's a lot more than just, Oh, I, I, my wife's going to die. It's not that anymore. That, that is, it's, there's, that is the tipping point. That is the tip of the iceberg. It's the last straw. It's the last straw, exactly. But there's it's the last straw of many. <laughs> it, it, exactly, but yeah. there's so 
much more to it than just yeah. losing Padme. Like, yeah, there is. Know, yeah. Like, yeah. So, yeah. And it's also all that pressure of like having a secret marriage and now they're going to have a secret child and all this stuff, right? Like, it's a lot. It's a lot for somebody to handle. Exactly. But uh, I think that even though like though you have the weight of Padme and that's like the only person and one of the only things he cares about mm-hmm. in, in life at this point, that's all he really wants. And, and we see him multiple times shedding a tear in the, uh, in the movie because he's so lost. He's like, yeah. I, you can tell there are certain points where he's, he does things that he's not proud of, but it's all to, to kind of fill his greed and to kind of not lose the people that he, he loves so much, uh, and holds dearly in his heart, in his life. But, uh, there's a lot more uh, things that also helped that yeah. easy transition. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, for a guy, yeah. for a guy who's not supposed to have emotion in his life, he's certainly been put through the ringer. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Essentially, yeah. I yeah. mean, w- when you look back at all the things he's had to go through, but yeah. Um. So the Phantom Apprentice. Yeah uh yeah so this is this is an interesting one um because uh, <clears throat> before before this show i for me it was like uh um you know darth maul is in episode one and that's it and then yeah. i finally realized that oh darth maul comes back and yeah. uh you know why do they bring him back and all this sort of stuff and and darth maul is all cool um so he appears in this last arc. Uh, and one of the first things that I kind of wrote down for this one, um, you know, Maul tells Ahsoka that Sidious will rule. He, he, he tells her, and it's funny, the Jedi up until this point, these past, you know, two movies plus the show, the, the, the Jedi will always paint the picture of like, you know, uh, the Sith or their liars, their evil, all this mm-hmm. sort of thing. And, and, they are correct. They're right. You know, like Sidious lied and, and, and gave all this sense of false hope to Anakin. And, and, you know, it, it, it really did mess his brain up. Yeah. But it's so funny to me that every time there's like Count Dooku, he tells Obi-Wan the truth of, of, uh, of that, that, the Republic is being run by the Sith Lord and you guys don't even know it. Like I'm t- mm-hmm. like he's told, he told him multiple times, join me and all this sort of thing. Um, and we can rule the galaxy or whatever. Maul tells Ahsoka the exact same thing that Sidious will rule. Multiple characters have heard this. Yoda, uh, Anakin oh, has yeah. not caught well, wind of it. Not, not like, you mm-hmm. know, to that degree. Um, but so many characters have heard the same thing but no one believes it. Like they're so blinded. Mm-hmm. And it's funny to me that the Sith are always the one who hold the most truth in that aspect. Like they, they're telling you this is literally going to happen, but no one listens, you know? And yeah, they're, they're ignorant yeah. in their yeah. ignorance. They are blind. Exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, Obi-Wan doesn't always agree with the council. Uh-uh. This was, this was very apparent when, he and Ahsoka have a little chat about Anakin's new new job, and uh, he takes her aside to tell her this. and And Obi Wan's like, "Well, maybe you can talk to him." And 
she's like, I, th- I hardly think I'm the one to talk to him about agreeing with the council. And she's the one who was at the brunt of their accusations way back when, right? And, and, uh, and now, like, Obi-Wan's got the balls to ask me to tell Anakin to trust them? Like, no way. And, and, and Obi-Wan kind of very subtly says, well, like, you know, the council isn't always right. And I think in that moment, you then begin to realize, oh, even though Obi-Wan's on the council, he knew Ahsoka wasn't responsible for the bombing. He knows that it's wrong to ask Anakin to spy on the Chancellor. Like, he, he knows all this stuff, but he's only one guy on a council of, like, 12 other people or so. And it's like, what's he going to do, right? And in that sense, he's been, he's become complacent because, yeah. like, like you said, I mean, he knows right from wrong in the certain scenarios where he sees it and he has admitted it. But like you said, it's 1v12 or whatever. Like, his his voice doesn't really matter when everyone else is so politically, like, corrupt. Yeah. Uh, I mean, when there's an actual some sort of voice of reason – no one is going to take you seriously, right? And it's like, it's like, I mean, let's be honest. Yoda and Mace Windu essentially are the council. <laughs> like, exactly. Those like, those two make all the calls, right? Like they make mm-hmm. the final decisions. So. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, that's, oh, uh, you know, what was interesting to me is that Maul has had dreams of Anakin Skywalker and, and his role that he plays in the Clone War. And the fact that he's been long groomed for the, for this role as a future Sith apprentice, um, it's re- he reveals that to uh, to uh, Bo Katan and and uh, um, or sorry, uh, Prime Minister Almack reveals Scott the name Skywalker in Maul's dreams to Ahsoka and Bo Katan. And when Ahsoka finally asks Maul about all of this stuff, he tells her is like. No, that Skywalker guy, he's the key. This is the reason why I'm even here on Mandalore orchestrating this whole attack. I was hoping that Obi-Wan would bring Anakin to come get me and then I would kill him. Uh-huh. Because then I would deprive Sidious of his prized possession, which is this chosen one figure Jedi uh-huh. that's supposed to restore balance to the Force when in actual fact he's been been groomed for the opposite. He's supposed yeah. to be this dreadful villain. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, I thought that was pretty crazy. And uh, uh, Dryden Voss shows up in a hologram. So we get the beginnings of uh, Crimson Dawn right there. Um, mm-hmm. I know in the Son of Dathomir comic, I think I mentioned to you, like, you know, you see the falling apart of the the um, Shadow Collective of Maul's kind of underworld empire. But um, he's held on to a few pieces and bits of it. And uh, you see the, the main leaders of, of Crimson Dawn uh, as he's chatting with them to go into hiding, uh, because he knows what's going to happen. He knows that the the dawn of of essentially what will become the empire is kind of afoot, right? Like he knows that the republic is on its last limb. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, exactly. And and uh, it's a good point. Like, um, but it, it's funny that that even though Maul in the beginning of this arc. Uh, he kind of like explains like I know of the plan but I I don't know you know the full story and eventually through his own findings and what he senses through the force and what he's able to kind of discover he he figures it all out and and he wants to foil Sidious's plan but it's it's just way too late I mean he's he's past his prime he's he's 
he's helpless at this point. He's, he's a shadow of his former self. And like you said, when we were watching it, he, his, his peak is like, he killed Qui-Gon. Mm-hmm. Whoop-de-doo. I mean, Qui-Gon is such a, his character is so small and short-lived yet so huge, uh, in the story. Um, and, and I guess you could say the same thing for, for, for Maul, but it's not as impactful, right? Like, Maul's a badass character, but his story is much more uh, kind of like just full of loss after loss after loss, right? There's no, there's no joy in yeah. in, in his story, right? So it's a no. There's no there's story. no success. There's never any any upside to his life. Exactly. Yeah. yeah exactly. Um, yeah. So. Uh, I think that I mentioned to you, like at one point, like how cool would it have been if, uh, you know, Anakin and Insidious fought kind of at the point where, uh, Sidious kind of reveals to him, like, uh, I know the ways of the dark side. And then he pulls out his lightsaber and says, you're the Sith Lord and and Mm. all that sort of thing. I think that had that fight gone on, it would be pretty, pretty cool to see, but, um, I mean, I I think it's easily safe to say that, I mean, he would have gotten wrecked. I mean, Master, he gives Master Yoda a run for his money. And even though Anakin is super powerful, I mean, like, this is the great, uh, you know, Sith Lord. Like, he's, he knows everything. Like, he's insane. And I think that Anakin wanting that hunger, wanting that power, and after that, and even the way of the Sith is, uh, you know rise up get powerful kill your master reduce reuse and recycle kind of thing uh i think there's good reason they didn't do it because i mean (laughs) he practically practically would be ended right there right yeah you know so um so yeah i mean watching watching the this show made has and and finishing it like, like this has made me rethink revenge of the sith and it's 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 awesome Mm-hmm. get to see you know you get to see ahsoka's uprising you get to see darth maul come back you get to see so many cool things so yep. i think that this show definitely deserves a watch at least once at least yeah. once, you know like it's it's just so good i you know yeah yeah no absolutely um you get a lot of foreshadowing in this episode as well this is the last thing that i got for this one is that um the clones are policing the mandalore people uh-huh. Like, did you notice that? Like, and then, and then Bo-Katan's like, my people aren't, aren't going to stand for this much longer. Like, yeah, you know, and, and Ahsoka promises her, it's like, Hey, as soon as we get Maul, we're out of here. Yeah. Uh, but it's like a foreshadowing of what the empire will be. And that's just like a bunch of armored people just, uh, just fighting off, uh, like these, uh, or, uh, like these armored people, uh, essentially just policing the entire galaxy like a big nazi force kind of thing like that's mm-hmm. you know it was just very very foreshadowing them directing a line of people you know holding their guns out just kind of going that way you know just like very so galactic empire moment right there yeah and you know typical darth maul even though he has allegiances with so many people like he's like a typical Sith, he's easy to just kind of drop him because that's what he does. I mean, you know, they they ask him for his help and he just deserts them. 
when they mm, needed yeah, yeah, help totally. the most, right? Exactly. Um, under a um, huge civil war and all that sort of thing. Use and abuse is the 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 you know the the Sith way. Use and abuse, uh, man. Yeah. So the Jedi plot to transition the power. Plot's a bit of a heavy word, but essentially that's what it is. I mean, he is the Chancellor, but um, this kind of leads into the next episode uh shattered well actually we'll, we cut to the movie for a little bit yeah. and then uh up until the point where they have that little meeting about you know the uh a sense of plot to destroy the jedi you know and they send anakin to go tell the chancellor about grievous did you get anything in the movie for this no i mean that part of the movie is practically the same for me yeah and it overlaps with the next episode called shattered mm-hmm. we're on the third episode now and uh and that meeting is like an overlap moment so Anakin leaves the room just as like Ahsoka enters the room and gives gives her update on Mandalore. And she reveals that she's been fighting as a, as a citizen, not as a Jedi. Um, uh, and then she, she doesn't she doesn't necessarily tell them about Maul's dream either. No. And, and that was an interesting moment because, I mean. She got the truth as well, but she didn't reveal it. I mean, there's obviously it would it would kind of follow the story if 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 she did, but like her own sense of denial is very much plotted in her in her roots and her learning of how she's become a Jedi and and kind of went away from it. But still, that is such a Jedi thing to do. Uh, you know, like they her ignorance and their ignorance, like they. Maul literally told told her like Darth or, or um, Anakin is gonna be this new Sith apprentice and and this whole war meant nothing and it was all a big plot and I understand it now and you know they uh, yeah it was all a sham to overthrow the Jedi it was a, it was a sham to get total domination and power um yeah. and and she she's so set in her she's so you know set in her ways that she says Anakin's a good person all this and that and. He was a good person, you know. It, that's not Anakin anymore. That's that's Vader. Like, uh, you know, in in thirty some years, when when we have or twenty some years, uh, when we see Return of the Jedi, yeah, that's when Anakin comes back. That's yeah. that's when yeah. he's kind of redeems all his wrongdoings uh, mm-hmm. over his life. He did a lot of them, but I mean, killing the Emperor and throwing him down a a, a shaft is is is. Uh, pretty big uh redemption if you ask me uh, yeah. but but yeah that's that's uh that's part of his story and um i think that with ahsoka being so close to him uh in a way she kind of adapted that whole like caring uh side of her mm-hmm. um but again with all the the all the good that she's learned, uh, there's there's certain things she's taken home with her that that are kind of bad. And even though she's a very well-rounded character and very, uh, you know, like level-headed and, and and all this sort of thing, she still fails to kind of come to grips with like, look, this is happening. Yeah. As we speak, this war means absolutely nothing. Anakin is killing younglings. And, yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, you know, I think uh, it's that moment that she has with Rex on the the bridge of the ship after they capture Maul and they're on their way back to Coruscant and everything. She kind of reflects 
in while she's looking out the window at hyperspace and her and Rex have a kind of a reflective moment. And she says something along the lines of how she was trained as a soldier and not necessarily as a keeper of the peace. And like, I think we brought this up about her before. Um, her character is one of the most interesting kind of characters that the Jedi have had kind of in, in the story of Skywalker, because, you know, aside from Anakin, you don't really see anybody else of like that age having go having to go through this war and have to deal with the, the results that come from it. But essentially she was a kid and got sent to the front lines, you know, with her master being, um, you know, a pretty reckless general, but, um, but a good guy. And, uh, and her Jedi training who normally she would spend a life of like at the temple, like every other Jedi and all this and that, like she spent that in battle. So, you know, the experience has aged her essentially like way, way beyond her years. Uh, and it's just in that three year time, like she goes from this snippy little child to this very mature kind of young adult person. And that's only three years. Like that's, it's a lot. And it's because she's like gone through this massive experience that will never be replicated in the history of Star Wars. Like no war in Star Wars ever comes close to the size of the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and even even Rex reflects on it as well. He reflects on his existence at all. It's like, you know, we clones wouldn't exist if it weren't for the war. Uh, so in a way, like it's done him, him a favor of giving him life. But at the same time, like he's fighting it for reasons that are beyond his level of comprehension. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just it's the no war is good right and 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 this one's no different um it's just de- caused so much devastation to so many people i mean it's just uh it's amazing but but <laughs> to me i i just can't get over the fact that this all boils down from one dude like that's mm-hmm. just how sick and how demented do you have to be to come up with it? It's genius. Don't get me wrong. See, this is, is why I'm convinced you know, a young Palpatine movie would be golden. Like, like what was yeah. this guy like as a kid? You know, like, yeah. like what was he like? He must have been some twisted kid to be like what he is now. Right. Like, mm-hmm. like I can imagine like, you know, you know, the poster of like Insidious, like the poster and that kid there. That was him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just this like devil child. That's got there's a like insane future ahead of him as like the galactic emperor, a Sith Lord master to, you know, like it's just unbelievable. Like, like, what was this kid like? And 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 like, because look what he is. He's a monster. Like, he's just a monster. He's got no care in the world for anybody. Like when he's pretending to be Chancellor Palpatine, Sheev Palpatine, like you see this like almost like this artificial person on top of what's just wretched darkness. It's like the moments that you see when he's like a Sith Lord, you're like, kid, that's Palpatine. And and it's like in those moments where he's fighting Yoda and he's got the yellow eyes and the black cloak on and he's like, ah, you know, like like that is Palpatine. That's, that's what lies beneath the surface of all this acting and all this facade that he's been BSing the whole Senate for years with. Mm-hmm. Like that is who he is. Yeah. What was that guy like when he was like 25, you know? 
<laughs> I mean, scary yeah. stuff, dude. Scary yeah. stuff. And and that, yeah, like I've said before, Disney has the potential. As you know, honestly, even though George Lucas isn't involved, I think with the team that they have, they could pull something off. Great, you know, they have the budget to do it, and then some. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, that would be something that I would be more than interested in seeing. Like, you know, still still Star Wars, right? Still with certain characters, but not necessarily connected to the uh, to the main storyline, because we already know how uh, what they do when they get their fingers mm-hmm. involved. Um, but, you know, like uh, too many hands in the, too many too many cooks in the kitchen kind of yeah, thing yeah. uh so yeah i mean but that that would be something i'm more than interested in seeing mm, i mean like totally just as uprising killing his master learning all the things he does and then just going into hiding oh yeah and then oh yeah you know was there someone before maul where did he all this sort of thing that would be sweet and yeah th- they could even turn that into a show like i mean that, you know you know what, what okay also on top of the, all of this stuff this just came to my mind did Sidious throw the fight with Windu? You know, that that's like a five-hour-long conversation in itself. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Well, let's talk about it for just like five minutes here. Because okay. like I've always thought, you know, all of this lead up to... There's two ways to look at this. All of this lead up to that moment when Anakin decides under the whole pressure of losing his wife to not save Mace Windu and to let Palpatine live and blast this guy with force lightning out the window. All of the stuff that comes before that, that whole fight and everything, Palpatine takes out three Jedi masters. And I mean, Mace Windu puts up a fight, but he very suspiciously has his lightsaber kicked out the window just as Anakin walks in the room. And he he does make the Jedi look as if as if like they're the bad guys, right? Like even further. Yeah. So like I don't even know if Anakin necessarily knows that Palpatine ha- has or had a lightsaber at any point because you know he doesn't have one at least visible now. And this is what I'm thinking and why he I think he threw the fight because when we've seen Palpatine pull out his lightsabers before, there's two. When he fought Maul and Savage Press, there's two, right? Like, he's a dual-wielding Sith Lord. That's his thing. Like, he fights with two lightsabers. Uh-huh. And so it makes sense because the other one's kicked out the window. He's still got a lightsaber under his other sleeve. Like, why doesn't he pull it out? And, like, the only way that I can wrap my head around this is that he didn't on purpose so that he makes it look like he that he's just been assassinated, right? Or about to be assassinated, right? Um, as long as Anakin doesn't look left down the hall and he sees all the Jedi bodies over there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I mean, like, that's that's one way to look at it. The other way to look at it is, well, he decided to only use one lightsaber regardless. Truly does lose the fight. And then, uh, and now it's completely up to Anakin's choice of the fate of this person. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, but the other way to look at it is like that is the case. And yet Palpatine is just taking a gamble on the fact that he's got so much invested in Anakin already that he knows what's going to happen. And it's worth sacrificing his face for this power. Yeah. Uh, 
in my opinion. Uh, it's all part of his. It's all part of the plot. I mean, this dude is so powerful. You really think that he's he's having this fight, and and he, he's just, ex- in my opinion, he's extending it. Because I mean, we've all seen the movie. He takes down Kit Fisto and those other two dudes with ease, and just like one hit, boom, stab, boom, stab, boom, stab, slice, done. Mm-hmm. Uh, with ease yeah he puts a, a bit more of a show with mace and like whether he was a formidable opponent well, the opponent or not that kind of doesn't matter because we're talking about darth city is here like this is the most like evil yeah. like all knows all seven style fighting styles with a lightsaber he is not to be messed around with right when it comes to mm. power i mean he says unlimited power and yeah anakin could have rushed through that door and and looked but i mean he doesn't want to lose his wife man like he's so blinded by his thirst for power but more so not losing his wife he just that's all he cares about yeah he wants more and he tell he says padme i i i want more and i know i shouldn't right mm. so yeah but if it were me I, I mean, I wouldn't be looking down the hallway. I mean, I, I'm I'm on a mission. I don't want to lose my wife. I, yeah, yeah, there's some dead dudes. Like, for all he know, maybe he saw them. Maybe maybe he didn't. I mean, yeah. maybe Mace killed those guys. We know he didn't, but yeah. you know, yeah. in the perspective of Anakin, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that you're talking about the Sith Lord here. I think for me, it makes the most sense that he did throw that fight. Mm-hmm. He did make it look he's done everything to a t at this point being able to sense that anakin is down the hall not a big deal when you plan such a big totally right totally it's nothing right yeah so like yeah he he makes it look like he just swings his lightsaber out like he could have totally pulled out the other one and just killed him no exactly exactly when he's lying on the ground there in front of mace window you could have easily just whipped that thing out and like like he does with yoda and like you know darth vader will become more powerful than either of us and he, you know, out it comes yeah. like he could have just done that and boom right in mace's gut like yeah like like it totally could have happened like there, i think there's a reason for the way that it was cut like i think i think you and i are think on the same page here where i think he threw the fight because the amount of times that Sidious, like Sidious is not going to let one Jedi get in his way when it comes down to like his grand plan. I Total think, domination. Exactly. I think the only Jedi that he's afraid of is Yoda. That's the only person that I think that he's got hesitancy in taking on in a straight fight. And that's also why he tries to run away and leave. Um, and, but, and yet Mace Windu takes him head on, throws the fight, makes it look like, like, you know, Mace is the bad guy here. Cause Anakin walks in the room just as like the cut, it cut, the cut goes back like five seconds, right? Because we see Mace kick the lightsaber out the window. He's walking towards Palpatine with his lightsaber out and he's like scrambling towards the window and he gets there and they stop. And then Anakin kind of like walks in the room and then you see that last kind of couple seconds again. So it's almost like it cuts back on purpose to show you what Anakin sees. Uh-huh. So, you know, I think I think he knows exactly what kind of match he's up against when Mace walks in the room. When Yoda walks in the room, he's taken by surprise. He does not expect Yoda to show up, right? Uh-huh. And he's like, Master Yoda, 
you survived, you know? Like, he's just totally seething at the fact that, that like, Master Yoda is alive still. And I think there's been moments through the show where you've pointed out to me the look on Palpatine's face when Yoda exits the room, right? I think those two are the pinnacle of, like, light and dark in this very moment, even though Yoda's had failures across the whole show. I think Yoda especially later on in the saga and the original trilogy he's supposed to represent just the light side of the force right like that's just his thing is like he's the old wise one um and i think there's something very uh powerful about when these two forces kind of clash together and there was a genuine challenge between yoda and palpatine that wasn't there when mace was in the room like like there's this huge epic fight scene that happens between the two of them and like a genuine match of power when mace is lightning on to yoda and yoda's got his hands out with no lightsaber just blocking it with the pure purity of the force right and there's this like division between the two of them this like power that's kind of unmatched by anybody else and then when the balance just like explodes between them you know yoda loses that that balance and and literally and and falls Whereas Palpatine's got a better grip on on the situation, also mm. literally, <laughs> no yeah. pun intended. Yeah. But but you see what I mean, right? So I think when it comes down to the fight with Mace Windu, I think like I'm like ninety percent sure that he threw that fight on purpose. Whereas with yeah. the fight with Yoda, he was really well matched up and still won, but more of like a genuine fight. Yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, more matched up. Yeah, you could say that. But I think that they both held off. And I'll say this because I genuinely think, even though they're super matched up and that you see them, no lightsabers at this point in the fight towards the end when they, they're using, it's lightning versus force and they're blocking it and they're separated. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had a lot more to give, man. Like, he lost his lightsaber from the sheer you know energy and power of that lightning hitting his lightsaber and it goes off the roof and he's like oh what do i do now i'm not gonna just stand here and he blocks it right yeah yeah. i mean they had so much more in them i mean they could have went to great extents um I, i i i love that fight it's an awesome fight but i think their full display of power i feel kind of robbed with that scene because you're talking about Darth Sidious and Master Yoda. I mean, you feel like they've both got more to give, kind of thing. Absolutely, like, like absolutely, like. What I'm trying to say here is, is that I would have loved to see more of both lightsaber use, more of the Force. Even though what we get is kind of short, but it like it's it's heavy. You can see that their moves are matched, like the the power, it, like everything is is well matched. But there's so much more that we could have had from that. I mean, I'm talking like they're throwing those spindle things where everyone sits in the Senate when they have a giant meeting. Yeah, like yeah. they can be throwing them at each other and, you know, like throwing lightsabers at each other and, and stuff like that. It could have been way more crazy because I feel the combat that we see in episode two between Count Dooku and Yoda, he was going off the walls. Yeah. Whereas this yeah. one is just kind of like, ah, uh, like heavy match you know staring at each other with that typical you know the lightsabers clashing and stuff Um, yeah i don't know i mean i think because yeah you mentioned that when we were watching it and i think like if if the movie was another hour long i'm sure we would have seen like a longer fight 
-hmm. But like when it comes down to the outcome, though, of that fight, like and like how Yoda lost and Palpatine came out on top, like, do you believe that was also genuine or do you think that Palpatine threw that fight as well? Like or sorry, that did you think that uh, I think Yoda gave up? You think Yoda gave up? I think he gave up. Like they, like I was saying, they have they had a lot to match with each other. They they, they were evenly matched, uh, and 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 they they were both very big opponents and very powerful and all this sort of stuff. But I think that Yoda he gave up because he loses mm. his lightsaber. He gets he he loses his balance. Right? He didn't. He doesn't necessarily like he lost the fight. But I mean, the dude lost his balance. If he really wanted to put an end to things, or at least he would have climbed back up again, right? He would have gone back up, man. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Know? I think yeah, I think that's that's definitely the best way to look at it too. Yeah. Like I like to think that he was outmatched in that moment, and he could have got back up and gone back at him. Exactly, but he just chose not to, right? Like exactly, he chose to accept the fact that he failed, and now he's gonna run away. Yeah, and and that that moment has always I've I've that's been one of those moments in the movie that I've never really liked. Uh, of course, because of the story and training Luke along with Ben. Kenobi. Well, you don't want to see Yoda fail. I mean, like exactly. nobody wants to see him fail, exactly. right? But like. Of course, there's a bigger purpose to all of this because of the story. But I mean, I I honestly feel, in my opinion, Yoda gave up on that fight. Sidious, mm. he threw the plot with Mace Windu. Yoda gave up on that fight because he he wasn't done. Like, yeah, he's yeah. a powerful opponent and all this sort of thing. And he's very evil. He's very powerful. But I mean, you're you're master yoda like yeah get back in there like you lost yeah, your balance yeah, totally. get back up yeah. you know mm-hmm. like that's yeah but i like yeah. to think here's what i like to think that maybe there was a moment kind of similar to where luke is shocked on the death star and you know sees vader cut down obi-wan and he's just determined right he's got a gun and he's shooting at the, the stormtroopers and and then you hear ben whisper in the background like run luke run yeah and it's like if it weren't for that he would probably be dead because he would have stayed there fighting as long as he could before he dies right it's the determinate the pure determination and lack of skill would have just gotten him killed oh yeah um but but yeah like i think maybe i'd like to think if we had had a yoda perspective of revenge of the sith very similar to how we had a yoda arc going after like the immortality stuff with Qui-Gon Jinn and everything. I like to think that maybe Qui-Gon spoke to him in that moment. Maybe he came to him and just in his own way, run, Yoda, run, you know, like like his own Liam Neeson voice coming in and, uh, or just maybe him quietly mentioning to Yoda's like, hey, there's, there's going to be another time. Uh-huh. Yeah. But you need to be alive. Yeah. Right? You, have, you have another purpose. Get out of here kind of thing yeah. right and and i think it's it's also fair enough to say that in that moment even though he lost the fight you know he hasn't necessarily it's a kind of thing is like okay you've lost the battle but you haven't lost the war and and yeah. yet yoda doesn't maybe he doesn't believe it right now because when he gets into that speeder with bail organa he says failed i have like into exile i must go um but he's got this like in his head he's like i need to get into exile like there's something i got to do like or nothing i got to do maybe that's my purpose right um and uh, and i think that's the whole point is that he's just accepted that he's lost that battle and and it's somebody else's fight now 
yeah yeah that's a that's another way of looking at it for sure um yeah i mean he i think in that moment he he was probably like i mean we've already lost i mean Mm -hmm. like we we gotta we gotta go you know and this yeah and exactly and you know what this goal goes back to that last episode in season six called sacrifice um when he has that vision of fighting palpatine on the bridge and he and he gives up his own life to save anakin who he stretches out his hand for to to save with the force right and in turn palpatine kind of metaphorically gets away because he's falling and yoda's falling now and and then when Yoda tries to unveil the identity of Palpatine, like I, the identity's gone, it's too late, right? And I think like it's all very kind of reminiscent of what happens here is like, is that Yoda's kind of, he's kind of sacrificing everything in this moment, uh, possibly based on a feeling that he has about the future. And, and I think maybe that feeling is, Luke Skywalker, because at the very end of Sacrifice, we hear those words, there is another Skywalker. Like those, those force people, the prophet, the, the, uh, the priestesses of the force or whatever, the, the people with the masks that, that kind of guide him to immortality, right? That's mm-hmm. the, the one piece of evidence and, and th- something that just doesn't make sense to Yoda at that time, right? But it's it's getting really close to that moment where it's actually going to become a reality, and Yoda's there when Luke and Leia are born, and and now he knows the the full. I think now he knows the weight of maybe what those words might mean, and it's not until he's on his deathbed and Luke doesn't even know he's got a sister is when those words finally mean something to him, is when he passes that information on and says to Luke, "There is another Skywalker." And, and he in turn says the same thing that the priestesses said to Yoda. And it all comes full circle in that moment. And so I think like in the end of Sacrifice, like there's a lot more there than that reflects upon this moment in Revenge of the Sith when he loses the fight to Palpatine. Then I think uh, uh, it's, it's like it's definitely worth remembering that uh-huh. um, that there's there's a lot going through Yoda's head right now, um, a lot of unresolved things. That has a lot to do with Palpatine and that fight uh, that we don't really get clear in the movie, but it's made clear in the episodes in the Clone Wars. So. Yeah, yeah, a lot of loss, a lot of suffering to deal with, and a whole lot of like, why is this going on? Kind of thing. Like it's it, it it's tough to deal with. So yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, Order sixty six happens, and. Rex has a very emotional tear up moment where he struggles to like fight order 66 from even complying with it. Uh And he tells Ahsoka to go find fives. And it's like the last clue that she needs to kind of uncover the fact that there's inhibitor chips in all their heads and everything. Uh Um, But yeah, what did you get for the last episode? Uh, Shattered, right? Uh, Well, actually, yeah, this is the end of shattered and then uh, victory and death. Which is, would be the last one. Victory and Death is the last episode. But yeah, we're on the end of Shattered and uh, Revenge of the Sith still. Uh, after Order 66, uh, yeah, I, pretty I sad mean, moment. Yeah, I mean, Rex reveals 66 to Ahsoka. 
Uh, and in in this episode, and uh, and of course through victory and death, like she kind of starts taking like quite literally what little she knew, uh, but from the small sources of information, she finds out a huge plot in the yeah. war. Like the inhibitor chips were there from birth. It's not. It's not. She says to Rex, "It's not your guys' fault. You guys were programmed from from birth. It's yeah. nothing you guys have done. You guys were made and bred for to do something wrong from the get go. It's nothing yeah. you had to do with it, right? It's not your yeah, fault. It wasn't their choice. Yeah, exactly. Not by choice. Um, and and then in that, she she kind of realizes like, wow, like this is this is a much more deep seated issue than 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 what. I've thought about it in the past, right? Um, Along with, of course, Darth Maul telling her all this sort of information. Um, Even Rex, like that, that clip you showed me that, that kind of like has a bit of a spoiler for, for um, rebels. Um, I obviously saw Ahsoka and, and like, uh, and, and older Rex and older Ahsoka kind of hug it out. And like, you know, they Mm -hmm. obviously talk or something in the show. I don't know yet, but uh, yeah, I mean, you can tell that there's a there's a there's a relationship there a, a friendship i should say that it's caused by so much turmoil and it, it like literally two people versus friends slash brothers who you fought alongside with in a war that meant absolutely nothing somehow even being programmed to kill like for for no reason uh like somehow they they find a way to just kind of push through it and and become better right because yeah. uh i mean rex finds out that truth ahsoka finds out that truth and is it's just a lot for 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 these kinds of people to absorb um and you know i don't blame them like you know how would you feel if you were just some schmuck along with another million bunch of schmucks who are programmed for one yeah thing well, that's like means nothing right you it's, know? it's what makes their story so tragic i mean yeah. like the clones were bred for a war that they had nothing to do with to fight on the front lines and die for people they don't know exactly and now they're they find out well at least rex finds out that they're, they that they have a, another purpose for being bred which is to kill the people they're supposed to be absolutely loyal to yeah, like it is the most sad story that I think any character has ever undergone through the whole saga. Like, like each one of those people are people, and like we've had this conversation before, but uh, they're not just droids. Like they're they're men, and mm-hmm. like millions and millions of them have the same unfortunate fate of of having a life of absolutely no personal choice or decision at all, and they just end it's, up becoming a statistic. You know? They're just a shrimp in in this like gargantuan plot, right? Like they're just like pawns being mm-hmm. used to do somebody else's bidding all the time. Yeah, for nothing. Like for nothing. Yeah, yeah. for nothing. Like yeah. they're yeah, exactly. It's 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 very sad. Mm-hmm. And I think like that's that's why that episode that we watched quite a while ago now, where Rex meets that uh, that clone who's kind of uh, deserted. Uh, the army because because of the situation that he had to deal with and now he's got a family and everything like that um you know like what what he had to do uh for his own life to save himself and and kind of the life he chose after because he's like 
hey, like I like what does this war mean to me? Like I've got no other purpose to live, right? Like like so he finds a life where he does have purpose and where he does like have something to live for, like family, right? And love and food on table and whatever. Um, and so, you know, it's something that none of the clones have. Like they just have each other and they're, they've been watching each other die all these years. Like it's, it's incredibly sad. Very much so. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, that's, that's, that's kind of all I got for that episode. Um, and well, I mean, we got the funeral at the very end of the last episode, which was a pretty sad moment because, uh, I think I mentioned to you as well, like when the arc first starts out, you have all the loyal clone troopers standing before her with her face painting on these helmets. And, uh, you know, you see that same scene again in the end, technically, but all the helmets are on these pikes and representing all the dead clones that didn't have a choice in the end. And they, they just complied with order 66 and they did what they did. And, um, you know, Ahsoka did her best not to kill any of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, but, but uh you know rex buries all his brothers and he's the one to put the shovel on the ship but ahsoka is the one that lingers there just reflecting upon everything uh and drops her lightsaber and walks away right uh but yeah what what did you think of like how this whole thing ends because i know at first like i mean you spoke about it in the beginning here but just like what did you what did you think at first, and then what did you think after? I kind of told you like this is supposed to be pretty depressing. Like, I I don't even find it depressing because like I know that this war meant nothing and there was a purpose to it, and yeah. it was just for someone's greed. And then, but there's also you know Luke Skywalker and turns Anakin, Darth Vader back into his former self and all this sort of thing. I understand that, so I wouldn't say I find it depressing, but it, it felt kind of empty. Um, when I, when I watched it, cause it just kind of ends like that kind of black screen and that's it. Mm-hmm. And I, I absolutely hate endings like that, that are just kind of like, well, what the hell, what the hell now, you know, like what, <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. But, but with this particular story and series, it's supposed to end like that because you already know yeah. what's coming. Right. So, mm-hmm. so did I like the ending so much? Not really. Everything was justified and all my answers were questioned, but it was just kind of like a nail in the coffin and that's it. Hmm. Like it just, it ends there because you know what's to come, right? So yeah, totally. So, and I think that's just it. That's exactly what Clone Wars is. It's a chapter between chapters Yeah, and you already know what's going to come. So it's like, how does a chapter between chapters supposed to end? Well, it ends with the next chapter Mm -hmm. and that next chapter is, is, uh, pretty much revenge of the sith right yeah. uh and and a new hope and rebels and what comes after that and like like all of that is is kind of what comes next and and uh i mean i i really love the ending of clone wars because i was i was just sitting i i was sitting there expecting and wanting more you know what i mean and i think i i realized that that's exactly like what all of these survivors are have to do like they're they don't know what comes next for them right like they just underwent this entire horrific experience and now they're left with nothing like nowhere to go there's a galaxy of troopers after them 
there's the Sith are back. They're the they're the ones that are now ruling the galaxy. Like there's there's nowhere for them to go anymore. And um, this is where the game Jedi Fallen Order takes like really good care of that kind of situation. Uh, is like it starts off with Cal Kestis as a Jedi Padawan who kind of escaped the purge and everything, and he's just working on a on a ship dismantling crew. Uh, and, uh, he's taken apart old Republic ships and everything like that from the war. And, um, it's like, he's living in hiding essentially, right? It's like essentially world war two all over again. It's like the Jews, like, it's like, well, there's a whole country after us. What do we do? You know, like, it's like just a blank page. It's just a black screen for them too. Like there's nowhere to do, there's nowhere to go. Like, like, what do we do? Where, where would we go from here? So, uh, that's why I really like kind of how it ends but um and yeah that funeral is just like so sad like man mm-hmm. but um yeah i mean it's kind of a depressing way to obviously end a show that starts off so lively but um i mean revenge of the sith is that way too like it starts off so almost almost not cheerful but like on an uphill note where it's like, oh yeah, the Jedi won. Like they killed the Sith Lord and they rescued the Chancellor and they're winning the war. They're killing Grievous. Like we got this. Mm-hmm. And then it just goes so far downhill so quickly. And it's like, what the heck just happened? <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? It's like, that's exactly what this last arc was like. Like there was on an uphill note, like Ahsoka's back, Anakin's happy. They're off to go save the Chancellor. Ahsoka actually captures Maul. And then the eeriness starts to come. Something's going on. Something happens. And now where do you go from here, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, I will say this. I mean, uh, I I do like that Vader pops up. That was a nice little nice little shot. He pops up. He sees Ahsoka's, he finds Ahsoka's lightsaber um, on what seems to be, you know, one of his missions, probably, you know, maybe a, a year or so down the line, he's full on Darth Vader. And now he's probably just kind of looking throughout the galaxy to get totally eradicate whatever's left uh, of the Jedi and all that sort of thing. Um, but it was cool to see it when he ignites the saber and, and he holds a saber again, uh, a blue one, right? Uh, yeah, that that he made, yeah, and then uh, you know it kind of ends off like that, and that would lead us into rebels. So um, that was that was a nice shot, um, but yeah, I mean this this was uh, like we've said many times, it's a sad story, but it's it, it's nice because then we go into things like a new hope, where you know you obviously know what happens and stuff, but um, but yeah, I mean. Overall, guys, I mean this this show was awesome. It was necessary to watch. I finally watched it in its entirety. I would highly recommend it. Um, and and yeah, I mean, I can't. I I don't really have much else to say. I mean, it's 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 fantastic. Yeah. No, and I've had the privilege of uh, showing this show to you. It's been very special for, to me as well uh, to share that with you, which is a show that I've loved for many years too. So, uh, But yeah, let's listen to uh, Dave Filoni talk about Victory and Death, which is the last episode. There's a bunch of Clone Wars download videos like this on Star Wars YouTube, but I just pulled the last one. So let's listen to that. Sure. All right, cool. Um just going to bring it up here and uh, we'll have Dave Filoni give his last words on uh, on this final episode. 
For me on this show, I was in a very strange situation since the Clone Wars first began airing. Kids love the Clone Troopers. They love Captain Rex. They're very fond of these characters. So here you're in a situation where there's this massive betrayal and the film, the Jedi, like Yoda, just turns and cuts down Gree and he does what he has to to survive. But I thought a really interesting element here was, well, is Ahsoka really going to do that? And what does that say to the audience if she just was to start cutting down all these old friends of hers? that we've shown in the previous episode they all mean a lot to each other and they think very highly of her so it created a very complex stage for this action to play out on and it challenged her and her convictions and her morality and what she thought was the right thing to do it's a terrible situation for rex too i mean these are rex's brothers these are people that he's led for years if they've survived enough battles and he hides a lot of his emotions behind his helmet but we understand that this is a very intense thing for him i always knew the end of the show was going to be difficult because it doesn't end on the most uplifting of notes but it's how this part of the story has to go. It's what happens to the galaxy and through this intense time for the characters I think the most important thing is that they stay true to each other, they trust one another, and they let go of their fears to overcome the situation. Now let's hear what cast and crew had to say about victory and death. When we recorded Victory and Death, it was definitely emotional. And Dave constantly reminded us to keep those emotions in check because we knew that it was ending, but our characters didn't. We got the proper goodbye that we didn't get before. And it was such a gift to have that this time, to say, this is a wrap. To bring the Clone Wars to an epic, magnificent cinematic conclusion that it always has deserved, it's one of the very most satisfying creative experiences of my life and my career. It's great to have conclusions to things so we can now look to the new places that Star Wars is gonna go as well. So I think it's really important and it's gonna stand the test of time and people will be very grateful for it. And I'm grateful to be a part of it. He like he said it himself, like because of the story, this particular part of the story, it has to end like this. So that that's why I was saying like, it, for me, it's not, is it sad in a way? Uh, I guess, but it's like, that's how this particular part of this grand story has to take place. That's This is why, like because of what's to come, it has to end like this. So uh the ending uh wasn't uh the greatest and it's not obviously not my favorite moment but uh it is justified and i'm okay with it kind of thing you know what i mean so yeah yeah i know what you mean i I know what you mean i think for me as far as the show goes this finale episode is one of my favorite episodes and and i think it will always be one of my favorite episodes because of the way it ends and it ends on such an abrupt note and it has to end that way. And I love it how it ends that way because it is the Clone Wars and that's how the Clone Wars ends abruptly. And it, it's like uh, it's like all that buildup in the politics system where uh, where Palpatine's been been gaining and gaining and gaining control over years. And then Padme has that line. So this is how Liberty dies. Thunderous applause. And that's it. That's how the empire is born. And that's how the Republic dies. Just thunderous applause. So it's uh, very much a parallel to the way that the war ends in general and the way that the Jedi end and uh, the way that Ahsoka's life comes to 
a screeching halt and it just ends right and and it's it's very much the same way that this show ends as well it's a tragic tragic ending and very sad moment and uh, and that's how it's got to be so how about you wrap us up here and uh and we'll uh we'll head out and uh and then actually at the end of it uh what the heck we'll we'll drop an interview with George Lucas and Dave Filoni uh talking about Clone Wars this also came from the Star Wars show on YouTube so uh hopefully this this episode doesn't get nailed for any audio robbery or or whatever but uh but uh, i figured i would drop it in just uh, just because I, I think maybe some of you guys aren't gonna look up that video regardless so uh diego how about you how about you finish this off here sure uh you want me to wrap up and then we'll do the clip or yeah okay well well as always guys thanks for tuning in and uh as always any comments questions concerns feel free to tweet us or email us and uh Oh, I mean, I hope I hope you guys have enjoyed this show as much as I have. If you've tagged along and, and been watching, or you've already seen it uh, once or maybe multiple times, who knows? But uh, you know, next uh, on our list, we're going to be doing Rebels, Star Wars Rebels. So that'll be something to look forward to in the future. Um, that I'll be happily co-hosting. But uh, you know, it's been it's been awesome. It's been fun, and you know, as always, uh, stay tuned for the next one. And thanks for listening. Thanks, man. It's been a pleasure to have you. Sure thing. All right, let's uh, actually, before we go out, uh, I'm just going to drop you this uh, little tidbit from Dave Filoni. We'll do the outro and then check out this George and Dave interview. Really enjoyed making this show. It was a real privilege to get to write and direct this particular time period of the Clone Wars and play with these characters. We never thought we'd do anything with Anakin and Obi-Wan and they really became the backbone of the show. Ahsoka and Rex, I think, have earned their place with the rest of the Star Wars lead characters out there. Making the Clone Wars was really the best of times, all the way up right through here to the end. It's been a great thing to have the chance to complete and put a proper ending on it. I think it feels good for myself for everybody that worked on it and hopefully everybody that grew up with it as well so for the last time on the clone wars may the force be with you all right so we got plenty more coming you guys' way uh even though the clone wars has come to an end a very sad tragic end uh we're still pursuing the idea of doing a rebels after show called uh rebels talk or or something i don't know we'll figure it out but uh, all the ways to get in touch with us are in the description. We'd love it if you could rate our show five stars. If you got iTunes there, just smash the five stars if you can. That would be amazing. And uh, share this show with a friend, especially a friend that hasn't seen the Clone Wars. If you're trying to get them to watch Clone Wars, I'm going to be doing an exclusive next week on why they should watch the Clone Wars. So uh, send this show to them and and just tell them they should watch Clone Wars because it's one of the most pinnacle moments of Star Wars. And if they are looking to explore it at a greater depth than ever before, all the more reason to listen to Star Wars Escape Pod because we're breaking it down for you guys right here better than anywhere else I could think of uh, in the way that we're doing it. I don't know any other podcast out there that's gone through the Clone Wars in the way that we have with a chronological viewing order as such. So just keep that in mind, not to brag, but I'm fairly proud about the fact that uh, we've had the pleasure of hosting you guys here for such a journey. And uh, 
We'll be back for way more with uh, many more episodes of various different content, not just Rebels After Show talk, but other stuff as well. So it's been a pleasure to have you guys, and may the Force be with you. about the Clone Wars. This is a really amazing opportunity to hear from both of you. I wanted to start from the very beginning and talk about the creative impetus in 2005 after you finished Revenge of the Sith. And just a few short years later, we had a full season of the Clone Wars. What was it that inspired you to move Star Wars into a weekly television animated series? And what was it that you really wanted to achieve? Well, I've always been interested in animation and everything. And so it seemed like a natural to explore the Clone Wars because we just barely touched on them in the movie. And I thought there were a lot of stories there that would be very interesting and could sustain itself for a TV series. Dave has told the story of when he first met you and he interviewed with you about this job. I wanted to ask you if you had any recollections of what your first impressions (laughs) of Dave Filoni is. I'm sure everyone here who works with Dave would love to hear it, if you can recall. I can't. I'm an old man now. I must have liked him because he got hired. You two worked together so closely for so many years on The Clone Wars. Do you recall maybe one of the best pieces, if not the best piece of advice that George ever gave you? And I'm going to hand you my microphone because we're sharing. There's a lot. I mean, the teaching wasn't just outward for the audience. I mean, I think that we learned a lot every day. That was the big deal with this show. We must have drove you crazy in the beginning with what we didn't know. And the big difference was how patient George was at teaching us all these things about film. He would send us to watch certain movies and we'd rent DVDs and start to just upload this whole vocabulary. The second episode you saw tonight, Landing a Point Rain, was at first a total disaster. And George Jason Tucker and I sat in Avid for two days recutting that episode with live action footage. George had Battle of the Bulge, The Four Feathers, Battle Over Britain, and we took a bunch of stock footage and footage from movies that he had and literally cut that episode together out of live action footage. And that's why the pace of it feels so fast. And up until that point, we hadn't really done anything like that in animation. I wanted to ask you about the medium of television versus a feature film. And do you find it more challenging with Star Wars doing a weekly series or is it somehow more forgiving in terms of longer character arcs or more episodes? There's nothing forgiving. We weren't making this for television. We were making it for the big screen. I said, think of this as a feature. Everything about it, the style, attention to detail, the lighting, everything is done at a feature level, even though it's going on television. Being young and impressionable, he said, well, you can't do that. Did I say that? Would I say that? I would just do that. How are we going to do that? It's impossible. (laughs) Especially like after we cut that sequence. Yeah. It was like about 600 shots more than what they had in the first place. (laughs) And And you were right. And you did it, you know, you go through and do that. Eventually you get the hang of it and then you don't say (laughs) that. But I always keep them on their toes. I always say, here, that was hard. Here's something that's even worse. Yeah. I think one of the most important lessons, which I gave you in the beginning, which was, and Francis Coppola taught me, he says, look, if you can't write, you can't direct. Because all you're doing is telling a story on film, but the story is still the same. And if you don't know what the story is and you don't know how to write the story, you're not going to know how to direct it. Yeah, there were two things I can remember very plainly. One was that you would watch stuff we did all the time and go, what are you trying to say? What does that mean? And I would explain it to you and you'd say, that's great. Everything you said, do it there. Because you're not going to be at people's home to explain it to them. And I remember, they seem very like simple, basic things, but you get so lost in the process of making these stories and you get it in your head that everybody knows what everything is and you just kind of lose your way. 
When I got here, I was an animation director that did storyboards. And then the second week of working, you said, we're not going to do storyboards. And I was like, oh, I have a two-year lease in Mill Valley. How unfortunate. (laughs) (laughs) But I had to learn to really make movies. And I think that's the big difference for me is I used to watch films and wonder why when we did animation, it doesn't feel the same. And I learned there's a world of reasons why that the mediums are different and how to approach it with editing and non-linear editing and coverage and shooting with heads and tails and another big learning curve is just learning to pay attention to all that detail, all the little things. There was a whole other level of thinking the story through and framing shots and staging. As we move into the future, television was taking off and we started to have Netflix and we started to have things like that. There was a definite movement toward more sophisticated animation and more sophisticated stories. The biggest thing he said way back when was the Clone Wars would be immensely more successful on a streaming platform. You were adamant about that. And when Clone Wars got put on Netflix, it exploded. And the amazing thing to me is all the things that you told me in the beginning in 2005 about virtual shooting, trying to do motion capture, a lot of things that we were trying to implement, which I didn't quite understand, but I was like, there's got to be something. He's like, I got to go with this Zivas, getting rid of hand drawing, not because we don't like it, but because it's just a different medium. And now we do all that stuff. And now everybody's trying to do all that stuff. Now I feel your frustration. (laughs) What me must have been like, because they do the same mistakes that I remember making. And so that's what I do now I try to teach people what I was taught because it works. I say do or do not. (laughs) But I would try real hard. (laughs) I wanted to ask if either of you had favorite episodes or favorite story arcs. Anything just popped to mind when you think of the Clone Wars? The episodes we did, if you ask my favorite, were the ones that were the least like any of the movies because that's when we were actually being creative and challenging ourselves and doing things that felt more like Star Wars. Well, my favorite, (laughs) I can remember. Really? I'm frightened. It's the the one with the droids. Oh, when they're out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Oh my God, really? It's it's THX White Limbo in Star Wars Land. That one's up there because (laughs) who in the world would make that? You were describing this to us and I was drawing those images in the story meeting of these bleak landscapes with droids questioning whether they were real. Just really bizarre. I remember once you had us do a whole three-part arc on banking and banking deregulation because... Kids are so into that. And well, when I came in, threw that out, everybody yeah. went, oh, God. Well, we didn't know what to, but, you know, I'll say this. I got to cover a wide range of topics directing on this show, which was really good as a storyteller. I wasn't doing just one thing. In some way, it really, really works. And I started to understand the value and definitely watching a lot of movies. I can't stress that enough because we did a whole episode based on Notorious. We did a whole zombie style with the Geonosians. We did a Godzilla episode because, you know, I like Godzilla. You threw that little bone in there for me. So that was really fun. But we I thought did. That was Rodan. Nah, Rodan. No, that's the flying monster. We did Godzilla. You know we did Godzilla. You're just giving me a hard time. Animation, although it's a different medium, it is cinematic. It is just like film. You took uniform, faceless, nameless, numbered clones, and you gave them a real sense of individualism and personality. Can you talk about why that theme is so important in the Clone Wars? Because it is such a staple of the show. Even though they're clones, clones are people. Everybody starts out the same, but in time, as they grow up, they change. One of the keys in doing a movie is you've got to recognize the characters. That was a big challenge, and luckily we had an actor in D. Baker who could do it, and we came with the idea that we could have one guy 
guy play them all, and he actually could. You forget when you're watching it that it's all the one guy. In fact, sometimes he's playing good guys and the villain, too, which is then really mind-blowing. <laughs> but yeah, that was a visual challenge. It was an acting challenge. And military personnel have a huge affinity for the clones. It really struck a chord with military families because that idea of being part of a whole but also an individual strikes a very important chord for them. And certainly from a story perspective, you dropped some amazing contributions to Star Wars and the overall story of the prequels. And the first thing that I think of is the breakout star of the show, which is Ahsoka. And I was wondering if you can talk to us about the sort of creation of Ahsoka. And when you were first coming up with the idea of giving Anakin a Padawan, what was that creative process like in terms of getting us to where we were at the beginning of season one? It just came kind of naturally since we've been dealing with Padawans and Masters and things. It would be interesting to see Anakin with a Padawan. And she was, you know, a tough little teenager. She was sort of the student position, but she wouldn't let Anakin tell her anything. She'd question everything he asked her. She'd stand up to him. And sometimes she'd outdo him. So it was a dynamic relationship. And sometimes she'd fail, which was the best episodes where she would learn something. And it was tricky because you had this precocious teenager. When you watch the early episodes, she really feels like a teenager being young and a little bit over the top and later on when she's matured for an animated character to have this kind of personality arc is almost unheard of over so many seasons so that really worked out and again you being the knowledgeable master filmmaker <laughs> and me the apprentice it was easy to try to understand the relationship in the story that we were telling I think from animation one of the great things is you never treated the animation as something separate or different it was just all part of the story and that meant a lot because a lot of times in animation you delegated something else oh, it doesn't need to be as good. Or it's just that animation thing. And we kept pushing to say, but we want the visuals in the story to just be an extension of the films. That's art. That's evolving. You never want to sit still. I mean, that's why the last season of the show looks better than the first. We kept pushing it and pushing it, pushing it. We actually found ways, Athena found ways to make the show less expensive while making it better looking, which is a win all around because that wasn't the most important thing, how much money we were spending on it. We wanted to be tight and lean and effective and tell good stories efficiently because then we could put that more into development and develop the technology to tell the stories even better. So then you're putting your resources where they really need to be instead of always making up for mistakes or errors right. or reshoots. You know, you put it where the value is. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to all of us and share your knowledge and your stories about the Clone Wars. Please join me in thanking Dave Filoni and George Lucas and everyone that arranged this tonight. I'm David Collins. Thank you.